Hello and welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven women. Each week we'll talk about what's grabbed our attention, productivity hacks making our life easier, and chat about a purpose-led brand. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This week, we're talking about how Aussie consumers are, have responded to brands from their actions in 2020 in light of the pandemic and what we've been able to learn from that. We also look at an article that touches on the unlived life and the allure of the life you could have lived. Very interesting. And then around this week is Bonds, and we can't say enough good things about all of their purpose-driven initiatives. They have a very interesting strategy with their partnerships, and we break that down. So, Alicia, it's 2021, but everyone's still talking about 2020. And unfortunately, we're all still dealing with a global pandemic as well. It's been almost a year now since this has all happened. So we've got a lot more insight now into how Australians are responding to the brands and the businesses' actions over the last year through these difficult times. Qualitative research from Everyday Aussies has shown us some key trends that successful brands have adopted during the pandemic. And Alicia, I'm very proud to say that they all revolve around purpose. Wow. The Ad News article by Mary Winter talks about society versus self and fast adaption. So society versus self is those brands that won approval from everybody this year were the ones that quickly understood their broader social role. So for example, that's like the Coles and Woolies offering extended hours in the morning for those vulnerable shoppers so Mm -hmm. they could shop without all the other customers. Mm -hmm. And then the fast adaption. So that was the brands that didn't hang around waiting to see what would happen. They pivoted really quickly. So that's Mm. like hospitality offering, you know, solely takeaways Mm. or for example, um, the local Fremantle Spirit Co turning their gin distillery to make hand sanitizer. I Mm. think that was a lot of people in the industry did that as well. So um, I think it's really interesting that already we're being able to see the brands that have been able to pivot quickly but then also um, double down on purpose-driven stuff and more about service than profits mm. are the ones that um, Australians are responding to positively. So they said brands, regardless of their function in our lives, should not underestimate their significance as powerful players in the community and how much people depend on them to create change and serve the social good. So I think consumers don't expect business as usual anymore and I don't mm. think they they will continue to expect business as usual and I don't think it's coming back anytime soon. No. No, this is interesting because we it talks about obviously the purpose brands play in a changing world but what I like about this this topic is it talks about execution and that execution if it hasn't been done, if your business hasn't changed to address the pandemic now, you are slow. Like this, you really needed to, like those that act, acted quickly, yes, consumers responded um, quick, responded well. And if you're thinking that your business doesn't need to respond or act or change due to um, with the change of how this pandemic has affected the world, then you're 
kidding yourself mm. because th- th- it's a different world now and it's got and I I think most people are seeing that we are we're just going to have to adapt or we have adapted and there's no going back. Yeah. I liked the what you said about Coles and Woolworths because with what they did with extending shopper hours and addressing those that how society needed how the society what society needed them to do in this time was fantastic because obviously everyone wants to see the less the vulnerable treated with care and especially in a time where the vulnerable and those that are most um, exposed to, to the, the virus was um, and how they address that. And having like my next door neighbours, they had Woolworths delivering when I couldn't, you mm. know, because they're elderly during COVID. And that was fantastic that they prioritised that and they, they stepped up to change their service offering yeah. to those that needed it. Yeah. And this is exactly what I think as a business owner you can do quickly and it's it's often looked upon with um, reward from your customers yeah. if you do. Yeah. And you might think, oh, but I'm isolating most of my majority. No, your majority will applaud you. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it. I yeah. feel like it's something if you're a business owner to write down, like instead of putting your head in the sand, step up. Yeah. That's like I wouldn't, as a customer of Coles or Woolworths, I wouldn't bother me if I was inconvenienced like you were. You couldn't get your Woolworths delivery, but your neighbour could. Fantastic. You're happy with that. Exactly. You know that they're doing the right thing and then you're looking after them. I think, though, we want to look at this in not not just in light of the pandemic. Mm. So as a small business, how are you contributing to society in general? Because your consumers are still going to look on you in a positive association if you are doing something other than that's just profit-driven. So as we said, it's not just business as usual anymore. And I think consumers are thinking less of brands that aren't contributing any for good element into society. I yeah. feel like consumers these days, it's almost an expectation that you just have to have. And can I say in response to that, um, I've had a few businesses say to me, but I don't earn enough to contribute to community. Yes. Okay. I've, I, and, and those small businesses have said, oh, but I don't earn my, you know, I don't even have enough to pay anyone to help me. How am I supposed to, and I don't have time and I don't have... I, I, I don't have the money. Well, it doesn't necessarily need to be money-driven. You don't have to give money. And if you're time poor too, then that's where you have to think strategically too. It almost could be a reach out to the community. I know that takes time to do, but reach out to, to a, someone you could pair with to just cross-promote. Yeah, they can use your eight hundred followers, say, and yeah. you can use the, and and if they want, they could share yours. But you don't have yeah. to. Your what your perp, what you're doing is you're just extending that reach of whatever purpose you yeah. are associating with. And if you don't have money, it doesn't have to be money. Think about what you do have. So if you're a cafe, your cafe is closed from four p.m. Can you let a local charity or a nonprofit who runs sustainability workshops use your cafe at night to run their sustainability workshops for free? That is a for good element. Fantastic. Um, just think about what you do have and who you can lend that to. Yeah. So we're not saying that you have to yourself educate yourself and run those sustainability workshops. Partner with an organisation that needs your resource and let them use it. Yes. And that is enough to be contributing in, a, in to society in a way. Yeah. Just imagine that c- cafe that you know. Say you had two cafes, one on either side of you as a consumer, and you knew that the cafe to the right supported a sustainable 
you know, not for profit, but the corner, the the one on the left didn't. Yeah. And that you you just tend to Which be drawn towards go? the one yeah. that's actually giving back to the community than the one that's not. Yeah. So I think the the thing is sometimes the business possibly are giving back, but just haven't shared it as well. Yes. Because some you know sometimes people have said to the local community, oh, you can put some flyers up in here, and that's fine. Well, you're allowed to then also share that to your people. Yeah. Um, and be it on your email database or however you've got your reach to your customers. Um, actually, actually sharing, you're allowed to, and as we spoke about last episode, flex <laughs> about what you're doing for the community. Yeah, definitely. Jade, tell everyone about our most requested workshop. Content planning made easy. We deep dive into setting up a content calendar and generating content for your customers. You'll walk away with a complete content calendar with actionable ideas for you to run with. And who's it for? It's perfect for small business owners, social media managers, digital coordinators, and marketing managers. Why would someone book with us? Well, we even developed some content in the workshop that you can post straight away. What? Our workshops are structured so we give each person time to discuss your specific brand and business with us. Book now at marketingthematters.com.au. What's got my attention this week is an interesting article. What if you could do it all again? The uncanny allure of the unlived life. It's an article that was written in The New Yorker, written by Joshua Rothman. He explains that in high school, him and his friends started an internet company. Then in sophomore year, they were hit big. They hit it big um, to create um, a, a big client. He talks of expensive dinners and business cards and a, and a business card with creative director written on it. He hired his friends and became a boss, but his business didn't last and he found himself finishing college without a business and a degree in journalism. He, he ma- had married his wife and he often thinks about what could have been if he went to if his business did make it and he possibly went to San Francisco and was one of these tech startups that he hears so much about, but his business didn't. So he wrote this article and it got me thinking about the unlived life and the forks in the road we come across and the paths we choose. Jade, what did you think? So interesting. Um, and I think it's important that, I think it depends on the type of person you are as, as to whether this theory fuels the possibilities of what could could be or could have been or all fuels regret for you. Sure. So I think, you know, if you're an imaginative type of person, then you might use this possibility of regret to move yourself forward and take more opportunities than you and risk than other what than you might not. Yes. I think it's interesting that you say that about because as soon as you said that depends on the type of person. I'm not looking at this as a negative concept. No, but some, some people would. Agree. And if, yeah. and if you were a person that's quite negative, you might go, oh, I could have been a tech startup giant. <laughs> and I'm sure this is maybe Josh's – the article didn't seem quite negative, but maybe – and I don't – he's not saying that he doesn't wish he met his wife or didn't become a journalist, <laughs> but he's more so looking in at that his, his – if, if a few things went – in a different way for him with his business and his mates, he could have been the Mark Zuckerberg, say, yes. versus who he is. Yeah. Um, and I looked at it more as like, isn't it interesting? Like it's just an interesting kind of food for thought anyway of that your lives and there's all these unlived lives out there of people choosing directions, but they don't go that way. Um, 
Cliff, Cliff, um, in this article, it talks about the interpretation of cultures, which was written by Clifford G's. Jeets, he wrote that one of the most significant facts about us may finally be that we all begin with the natural equipment to live a thousand kinds of lives, but end in the end, but in the end, only having lived one, which is very true. Jay, do we want to talk about our unlived lives? (laughs) Possibly. Can I just say before we move on to that, maybe it's not the type of person you are as to whether you look at this as like possibilities or regret. Maybe it has to do more with your happiness at the time. So if you're happy in what you're doing right now, mm. then maybe you are looking at as looking at it as a positive, right? But if you're unhappy at the moment, then possibly you do look at look at it as regret. Does that make sense? True, yeah. and that's I, I guess that's not an that's not a new theory, is it? I mean, no. like, the, like a new th- that that's definitely people would always look back at the forks in the road yeah. as where did I where did I go where wrong? Did I, like yeah. why did I choose that career? Why did I choose that partner? Or why did I have kids? You know, people yeah. look at their different decisions and look back at things all the time, and especially in a negative at a negative point. Yeah. But I think I actually think it's quite motivating thinking of when of like of possibly the unlived life and then also whether or not any of that is still possible. Yeah. You know, like if you're mm. still thinking about that unlived life of and it's easy for us to say in our early 30s and possibly harder if someone's in their mid-60s, mm. late-60s. You know, they might find it a bit harder to go, well, of course, that that ship sailed. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas we might be able yeah. to say, could we make that happen? Yep. And I wouldn't don't, – we don't want to skip over that. We would lead quite privileged lives to a lot of people. So we have a lot of opportunities available to us, whereas a lot of people wouldn't have those. Definitely. Yeah. We come from a place of privilege talking about this. Definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, one of my unlived lives is – being um and working in advertising in new york because i did go do an internship in new york a few years ago and i um as i do hustled and was my business development self talking to everyone that i could and definitely had some doors open to me to stay in new york and work and um i chose to come back to Australia and I have a lot of family here and I wanted to stay um, when my heart said go home mm. and I went home and you know that's an unlived life of mine what yeah. what would have been if I stayed there yeah. so yeah it's and I do still think about New York of course yeah <laughs> all the time but knowing that it wasn't it just wasn't for me yeah. at the time at the time yeah I don't really have any regrets on any major decisions in my life, but I do agree with Joshua in the article when he says that even changing seemingly insignificant things in your life could have put it on a whole new trajectory. So I am quite aware that, you know, changing one little thing that you wish you didn't do or wish you did differently could lead to a completely different life now anyway. So yeah, I don't really have any, but I did really find, I really found interesting how this does relate a little bit to advertising So in the article, they said advertisers sell us things by getting us to imagine better versions of ourselves. Even though there's only one life to live, it's YOLO and FOMO. (laughs) So I think that sums it up really nicely that this concept is what advertising is based on, basically. Yes. We're trying to sell a different life to someone. We're trying to say that if you get this product, if you get this service... It will be better. It'll put you on a different trajectory. Yes. You know, you will have a happy life. Your family will love you because you're you're giving them X, Y, Z, you know. Yeah. Um. Or your business will be more successful if you invest in this and this and this. Which in most cases, we're not saying that this isn't true. Very true. It's, we're just... We almost confront that... um, 
that that fear that sometimes a fear and also the possibility yeah. of being on a different trajectory than what you possibly are uh, on yeah um, yeah, the article also said, swept up in our real lives, we quickly forget about the unreal ones. Still, there will there will be moments when, for good or for ill, we feel confronted by our unreali- unrealized possibilities. They may even, through their persistence, shape us. Um, practitioners of, of mindfulness tell us that we should look away, returning our gaze to the actual then the and the here and the now. But we might have the opposite impulse. He wants us to wander in the hall of mirrors, to let our imagined selves linger longer and say more. What can our unreal selves say about our real ones? Do you have any other unlived lives, Alicia? Well, Jay, do you remember um, back, gosh, I'm going to just throw a date out there and think it was like 2013, (laughs) when we looked at um, an internship for Roxy Jasenko in Sydney? Yes. I think you sent it to me. At a PR agency. They were looking for two. Right. And you sent it to me and you were like, should we? We We didn't. Why didn't we We didn't even apply. No. But that was in Sydney. We're in Perth. Mm. We should have just at least applied. Like that unlived life didn't even get a shot. I know. We never even gave it a chance. (laughs) Imagine. We could have been Sydney girls. Because she's doing really well now. Really well. I think she was doing well at the time as well. But she was a lot less unknown. She wasn't so much of an influencer then yeah she, it, i don't think she'd been on um she'd been on she's been on a bit of reality tv shows yeah, now think, too um, as well but yeah because that was pretty much just her we only knew her from the pr agency at the time because mm. mm, they were one of the only ones yeah so there you go there's an yeah. unlived life that we both could have had yeah the same one i think um it's important in here they said our professional society is made up of specialized careers and ladders of achievement so unlike other societies the professional one lee has so much more possibilities i don't know other than like agricultural in in, oh. in industrial do you know what i mean yes. like now that we're living a more profession we're more professional yeah, you're Industries. right. Both of those unlived lives I spoke about were um, professional related. Yeah. So you make your choice foregoing others. Year by year, you clamber up into your future, thinking back on the other ladders you could have climbed, you know, with a different business or in a different role. Right. Yeah. So maybe it's actually not – maybe maybe it's probably in with what I was saying with that maybe we should let our imagined selves linger longer. Maybe that's really good to think about in terms of a personal life because – reflecting on you know say a life that you could have lived that was more um i don't know more in touch with nature you know like more time at the beach and more things that your unlived life that you've Mm. spent the last five years racing around from you know activity to activity to socializing to work and then you actually haven't spent any time being the the person you thought you might be you know, back to mm. nature could actually assist you in being that person moving forward and yeah. saying no to less mm. um, less engagements and getting back in touch with the beach or whatever mm. you wanted to be. So it actually, I think then if you're talking about not being in a professional sense and not climbing the ladder as such, maybe it could bring about a more fulfilling life for you. Yeah. Would you change anything in that regard? Oh God! If I could be at the beach more, I would. Yeah. <laughs> if I could, yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe I should. Maybe I should think. If I think back, um, I probably have spent not enough time at the beach. I need to be more time at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll find you down at the beach. How about you? Um, it's a good question. I probably would. Yeah, I think I probably run from thing to thing too much. Mm. Um, in terms of like just you know 
playing with my dogs more and just things like mm. that. Like if I think about what I was doing five years ago to what I'm doing now, there's a lot of little tiny things that I was probably spent more time doing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting concept. Do you need to dive deep into your brand and discover your brand's purpose? Do you want to connect in a more meaningful way to your customer, but don't know how? Does your marketing lack purpose or you don't know how you differ to your competitors? Our Find Your Purpose package includes a two-hour workshop in Perth or via Zoom, a marketing strategy report with your purpose at the core, advice on how to implement your new marketing strategy, plus content ideas and supplier contacts. And don't forget, it comes with follow-up calls with us and email support. Book now at marketingthatmatters.com.au. I want to hear from you. This week, we're talking about Bonds Australia. Bonds is one of Australia's most iconic brands. They're, they are women's, um, I suppose you'd say, hosiery, and they have, and underwear, and have been around for 100 years. Crazy. So women's, men's, babies, and even pets, apparently. Wow. Jade, what is their purpose? So I found on their website, they are all about feeling good. Okay. And the way they do that is obviously through what they sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say whether it's for the planet or for its people, our mission is to make it all good in our hood and beyond. Mm. So amplifying those good feeling vibes and to do as much good as they can. And when I think of their brand, I definitely think of it in all aspects of my life, being a consumer of the brand, as well as just even um, seeing it out and about. They definitely um, try and make you feel that, you know, everyone's happy and vibrant and the colors are, it is, it is very a feel good brand. Yeah, definitely. And they say, because feeling good begins with doing good. Hmm. So I want to make mention before we jump too far into this brand Mm. that, um, Bonds is owned by a much larger brand, um, called Hans Brands Inc. I suppose that's how you'd say it. Haynes Haynes Brands Inc. Sorry. They also own Sheridan, Burley, Razzmatazz, Jockey, Rio, and so many others. Um, so when I reviewed this brand, I just wanted to show that it's a it's not just Bonds. It's a huge, huge organization. Yeah. But Bonds, what I can say though about Bonds is they have definitely understood their target market. And looking at all the other brands they own, this I hate that we don't know how to pronounce this. Haynes. Um, they they have definitely nailed the target audience for Bonds and it's working. And it has obviously worked for a very, very long time. Yeah. So I know I talk about sustainability being a must for brands and their purpose needs to be in addition to this. But I did want to mention that they do really well in the sustainability area. So you're going to love this, Alicia. They have up-to-date, well, from 2020, goals on their website with their sustainability aims what? for the next three years. Oh, my gosh. I someone's know. got up-to-date goals. <laughs> Amazing. They have enough and, people in the business, I guess. Yeah, what they also have as well, which I thought was fantastic, they also have actions that their consumers t- can take oh, as well. Oh, I saw this. So um, they said, here are a few simple ways you can do your bit for the good of the planet. So. Mm. Um, our paper store bags, they say that they can easily be um, repurposed, mm. you know, donate, sell or swap clothes they don't want. 
wash your bonds products in cold water to save energy mm. when disposing on the garment look at their packaging to make sure you're popping it in the right space mm. and all of their hangers can be returned any to any of their stores mm. to be recycled so mm. i think that's really good that not only did they have these goals um in terms of themselves to becoming more sustainable they but they're educate. educating their consumers on that too oh incredible and that's what we want from these large brands because they have the resources to not only um talk about change but actually have people start making change and there's one thing to show as a brand doing it there's another thing to actually educate those and they have such a a large reach that it's awesome that they're actually doing that with their purpose Mm. um so you spoke a little bit about the packaging um one of the things so i liked that on their blog which they also do quite well yeah very very well yeah they talk about their partnerships and one of them was actually with apco which is australian packaging um covent covenant Covenant organization so they said we didn't hesitate to hook up with our mates at apco and start shouting their latest campaign check it before you chuck it from the rooftops in an effort to bring that stat stat statistic way down reduce landfill educate aussies on the right way to recycle check it before you chuck it it asks you to do exactly that so this is just like one of their blog posts the latest blog posts but what i love about it is that it's actually they're not just as you said in their, on their website talking about you know check how you recycle they're actually now pairing with a company that their whole purpose is doing that yeah and then they're sharing that purpose so they're pairing with them. They're working with them. That, so therefore, it's not someone internally having to do that. That company's already set out and doing that. Mm. So they're pairing with them. They're helping share their um, check it before you chuck it campaign. And that's fantastic. That's exactly what we're saying for these businesses to yeah. do. We, we said this last week about small businesses partnering with someone who does that. You, you partner with them and, and you, have, you might have the reach and then they have the actual action that they're, they're And doing. even if you don't have the reach... Yeah. Your business could grow because you're partnered. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you actually have purpose. So there we go. This is just a fantastic – and this is, that's only one example. Um, you know, another example, like if you go on their website and look at their, look at their partnerships, it's incredible. They talk about um, – and I don't know if you're about to say this, but they want to talk yeah. about the REACH, um, their REACH partnership. So it's a very clever alignment. It's talking about um, – they say on their website, being a teenager can be tough. Reach recognises this. And by tackling challenges faced by young people, whether it's be mental health, peer pressure, racism and lack of confidence or something else, they equip teens with the tools to combat anything life throws at them. So they've partnered with this company called Reach. And unfortunately, it's only in New South Wales and Victoria, so WA misses out. But let's hope Reach um, comes over here because it's an incredible, incredible uh, company. They have this on their blog and, you know, over their socials and their YouTube and everything, talking about how they partner with this company mm. and, 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 and what they're doing to, to help these teenagers. Yeah, I think it's really good that they, they pretty much have a, um, a partnership or a purpose focus for each market. Sure. So they obviously have their relationship with SIDS as well for mm-hmm. um, all of their, their baby market. Yep. Then they have something for the teenagers and then they have the sustainability stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've done really well to incorporate this under all one banner that they've called Be Kind, and mm. which, is, the, which yeah. is that blog. And then, then the blog shows you all the action that they're actually taking in all those purpose elements. So on, on this section it says... 
It feels good to be kind. That's why we're weaving in kind all over the place. We're doing this for our products, the planet, the community, and the people in them. After all, kindness isn't something you should half-ass. You should have to whole-ass it. So pull on a pair of bonds and feel comfy knowing that you're supporting a brand with its heart and its stitching in the right place. Oh, my God. Very well-written copy too, by the way. Um, But I think they've done really well at having um, all these four good elements that kind of touch all of the markets that they service, Mm. but then having this whole be kind banner that that all falls underneath and that blog is showing all the action that they're taking in that area, which is what we say all the time. We don't want big businesses to just have these goals and tell you what, you know, we're we're partnering this and we partner here and we do this, but then they don't show us how they're actually doing that. They're actually showing us how they're doing that in all those posts, which is fantastic. Definitely. When you were talking about... um, um, a partnership for each market. Then they've also got Steen Jones, who is a freelance artist that does like graffiti-inspired artists. He, they have that for the males. So they say, you you may know him for his bold, colourful street art murals, but you've never quite seen Steen Jones like this before. The fearless freelancer artist has fused his love of graffiti-inspired art with a feel-good fit via his first ever men's underwear collection for Bonds. And if you go on the Bonds YouTube, you'll see all this graffiti art done by him. And then they have the um, models wearing the same art that he's done on the back of the of the wall on their jocks. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. So then there's different art and then it's on the models' bums yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's obviously for the male. So they've really, like, connected, you know, a local street artist and, you know, made that connection. Um, but yeah, I think I've actually not seen a blog done as well as Bonds. Yeah, no, they've done it for a big brand. They've done that fantastically well. And what I liked about the blog was it was very image heavy and dot point heavy. Yeah. Which for me, as someone especially that's just going on there to research about a brand, I have read long, boring blogs on brands' websites and, and tried to pull out the, the key content for our podcast yeah, I'm like, who else does this other than someone researching the business? Like, yeah. no one. Whereas that is very consumer-focused blogs, which yeah. is essentially what the blog should be. Exactly. It shouldn't be for people like me, like marketers researching <laughs> the brand. Who are going to read it all, yeah. Who's going to read it all. It was yeah. very, like, if you look on their blog, it's like, you know, six images for a blog and then pod, and then literally points below each image. Yeah. I think they've they've done really well to, to know who they're talking to. I think as well... Um, they haven't shied away from being a little bit controversial too. Oh, and totally. And not controversial. I suppose that controversial is the wrong word, but they um, – Being had bold a, with their – Yeah, being really bold and in their in their business values and sticking to it. So mm. in 2019, their All the Feels campaign featured a transgender model, mm. which is fantastic mm. because not a lot so of big good. brands – have those kind of um, people fronting their campaigns. Mm. Um, And then they also had um, a campaign in 2020. uh, They had a new pride range. Mm. Um, And you know something I thought I actually had when I saw that campaign because it mm. came on um, end of last year, was it? Or maybe more so that pride campaign. I saw it and I, I saw my boys watching an ad. I think it was Bonds and, yeah, their pride ad. And I actually thought, I love that this is going to be the norm for my kids to grow up with. Yeah. Because you know how we're trying to shape society's views in terms of making it, um, making, um, you know, transgender and, and different colors on our screens and things like that. But I think what what's going to be great is for our kids, 
there's not going to be this try and change perspective. It's just how it is. It's just how it is, yeah. And that's what's fantastic that with these brands coming on board with speaking up and having more quality over their with their reach with their reach yeah that's Mm. that's what our kids will see and that's what our kids will just know as the norm exactly Mm. um yeah and i hope it's there by the time that they're a little bit older because i was reading that their campaign did get um trolled a little bit um, with some negative feedback on that one which is a shame and it's it's good Um, to be expected when and i i'm sure they expected it um because look when they did the marriage equality vote in Australia, wasn't it 50-50? Like it wasn't, it, well, there's not a clear 100% for, yeah. and I looked, don't quote me on that um, that percentage, but there is still a lot of people in Australia that aren't all for this mm. change. There is obviously a lot that are, but they are, they wouldn't be, sh- they wouldn't have their head in the sand about that, mm. that they're going to be trolled. I'm, I'm glad that they still put it out there. Totally. That's the thing. Yeah. A lot of brands might weigh up that and don't take the risk. So mm. yeah, it's I'm good sure. to see brands putting it out there. And and there's only going to be more brands that follow in their footsteps after yeah. seeing such a successful Smaller campaign. Ones. Yeah, which is mm. great. Mm. That covers it for this week. Make sure you leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at marketing that matters pod we love a chat thanks for listening to the marketing that matters podcast